You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Spits and Suds on 105.3 The Fans. So great to be with you here today. I'm Gavin Spittle, and I'm joined. Let's do the proper introduction. Because sometimes we just call them Luds, but here's the reality. And I'm being all serious. Like, I'm not joking around, okay? NCAA championship with North Dakota. Two of them. Two NCAA championships, as I was just told in my ear and over this podcast. Two NCAA championships, which alone would salt your legacy. 17 years in the NHL. How many more Stanley Cups? Two. Couple. Couple. Two Stanley Cups. And he's now teaching the youth here in DFW the great game of hockey at an elite level, might I say, to the point where, if you haven't heard the Cross Hannes interview yesterday, check it out on Spits and Suds. Cross, when asked about Craig Ludwig, that unfortunately didn't get the chance to play for Craig. He is Lud's Craig Ludwig. How'd I do? That sounds like a good show. We could wrap it up right here, couldn't we? Uh, no. Not with the song. We need the song too, right? Yeah. What do you think? I think it's awful. <laughs> so you and don't it, want it that as our awful. spits and it suds. It doesn't even sound good. You don't want that as our spits and suds intro? Yeah. I, I th- I'm sure we could play a little Metallica. We could play a little Pantera. Okay. You know, you could play a little Pink. Since she doesn't <laughs> come to Dallas, Texas anymore. You could play a little uh, Pink. That's true. Like, that's that's. <laughs> you'll probably blame that on me, too. <laughs> So no 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 that's not that's not you uh, you have no relationship I can I'll go out on a limb and say you have nothing to do with pink right so I can't bet <laughs> on you I know where you were going I know that deep dive you were just thinking um, yeah. so the reason we can't play Metallica or we can't play anything just so Spits and Suds listeners know is that oh don't even get into yes. the little seeds that you you guys make you guys are printing money over there okay you have this big conglomerate of radio stations and everything else. You could play a little Hell's Bells. We or... can't. Oh, come on. <clears throat> yeah, it's unfortunate. But so we'll stick um, to just talking. How's that? How are you today, Luds? Happy holidays. It's getting closer. I'm getting ready to get on a plane tomorrow. Our team will play in Phoenix until I'll be back on Sunday evening and get in the car at about 5 a.m., hopefully on Monday, and head north and go up to 
Wisconsin for hopefully a little white Christmas. Nice. That yeah. is absolutely awesome. And how was the road trip in Tampa, the tournament? Um, we, we, well, it wasn't a tournament. We had, we played one team up there, a team that had come to Dallas a few weeks ago. And, uh, we, we won our all three games, but, um, some bad habits creep in, you know, so we're trying to get them out of them before they play. We've got, uh, our first two games this weekend are against two teams that are ranked in the top 10. So, um, it could be an eye opener, but that's what it's all about. We'll see how we do. Yeah, absolutely. So today I want to get into some specifics having to do with the Dallas Stars coming off a victory. They play Friday night against Ottawa and then on Saturday against St. Louis. One of those specifics that I want to get into, 17 years in the league as a defenseman. Craig, I keep hearing the talk of if Miro was on his strong side. And I've been meaning to ask you that question. How much of a difference as a defenseman does that make being on that strong side? Uh, I would say it makes a difference, um, especially for an average player in the NHL. Um, Miro Haskinen is not an average player. He's an elite player. But uh, you see things differently. Now, you know, especially if I don't know up until, you know, now or the last couple of years, has Miro ever played the offside? My guess would be probably at some point. Otherwise, they just wouldn't take him and move him. So, you know, you, there's different ways to approach it. Uh, I was never a guy that ever felt comfortable over there. Shit, I didn't feel good on my own side most of the time. So, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you, you just, things are different and you're, ma- you're finding that you're making a lot of, a lot of plays on your backhand. Um, you know, as far as you get it on your normal side and, you know, it's, it's a natural thing to be able to move the puck forward, uh, uh, the way people will defend and they get sticks and you find that you're moving the puck, you know, off to your backhand side, although Miro's got pretty quick hands, he finds a way to get to his, you know, so I I don't, you know, I, I guess where my, my guess is that the reason that conversation comes up is not because of his offense. It's probably because of his defense. And, you know, you look and, you know, Miro's, I think he's like a minus six, on a, on a team that's playing over 750. So, but that, but you have to understand is he, he gets the top lines from teams and matchups and everything else. So, um, and I don't always put it on Miro, you know, sometimes it's, it's a partner, you know, it's, it's playing as a, as a duo back there. So, and then, you know, again, I've beat this whole drum thing is, you know, there, there's quite a few times that, when you go ahead and dissect a goal against, you know, this team plays a little bit of man on man in their own zone. And what'll happen is you, you find your guy and you just kind of skate around with them. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you're above the tops of the circles and there's two forwards or a forward in, in front of the net covering and defending in areas that they probably wouldn't normally have done over their careers, unless they played in the system. So, but again, I I say this all the time. They're, look at where they are. You know, they're, they're sitting, you know, a point out of first place and on their side and, um, you know, they're winning (laughs) hockey games. Yeah. And 
Do, do no. you notice, like me, I don't feel as though this, they don't check enough, like up against the boards. Do you, I mean, they use their sticks a lot. Is that something you notice too, Craig? I mean, they're just not a physical team. Yeah. It's, well, it's not a physical game anymore. You it's know, it used point. to be yeah. where, <clears throat> you know, your job as a defenseman is you go in, you seal, and you finish. And, and you finish that guy, you hold him for a second or two, somebody comes in and picks up the puck and you move on. You do your job, they do their job. And now it's more of a fluid game. You know, it, it's more if you're going in to defend, you're trying to, you're playing the puck before you're playing the man. I can't stand it, but it's the way it is. It's the way the game is played now. It's the reason that goals are getting close to six to seven goals a game, um, both ways. And, it, you know, the speed. And, and again, that it, it, it's the way I, I'm sure a lot of these players um, are playing coming up, you know, through college and through juniors and, um you know, and again, I, we know that there's been a, uh, a trying to an attempted crackdown on physical play. Yeah, uh, we've seen that, but it makes for an exciting game. You know, again, you know, I, I was sitting up there uh, on Saturday, uh, Newey, Joe Newendike, and Brad Lukowicz, and you know, we're sitting up in the suite watching the game, and you know, you could just see, oh Jesus, what is that? <laughs> you know, but that's just the way the game is played now. You yeah. know, you, you're sitting up there with three older guys that have played in a different different era and um but again for me as as a fan it's an enjoyable fast game for me to watch it's not it's not the way i i try to get our players to play um you know we we let them play offensively but they have to know where to be in their own zone we would never play that kind of a system um for for reasons that i just talked about and um you know so it's just different philosophies right i mean it's uh you know, you can go on and and Dallas can go on and win the Stanley Cup and you can come back to this conversation and then they'll say, what do you know? They just won the Cup, yeah. you know, so. Well, what, one of the things I also wanted to talk to you about is, you know, for a while, goaltender interference was, you know, kind of the talking point in the hockey world. Well, now a major talking point is the hits against the boards when the player is basically checked but the checking player is looking at their numbers. And I think one of the things that, and that's the perfect lead in you talk about where, you know, it's become a skill game. And I guess my question is as a coach now with the youth, are these kids, do they work on the art of hitting and or the art of taking a hit? Because some of these hits are bad. And it's going to result in some, we've seen it, some serious injuries. But at the same time, Craig, like, I just wonder, like, these players now are going up against the boards and basically not turning their head on a swivel, knowing that a player's coming. They're not looking around. They're basically just concentrating on the puck. And, you know, they're they're getting hurt. And I'm not saying, like, they, you know, they still – the players should hold up, but at the same time, I mean, back in your day, there was the art of avoiding or absorbing a hit. They have no fear uh, because the rules say you're not supposed to hit me from behind. Yeah. And, you know, I go back to a few years ago. And I don't know where it started, but there were stop signs put on the back of their jerseys where the name tags would be. I love that. You would. No, but, but I mean, why not? I mean, if it's well, how's it, it because it's way that's the way they play now. They're not supposed to hit me from behind. I have a stop sign back here. How many people run stop lines and red lights and cause deaths and accidents? 
So they get into this habit as a kid where I have a stop sign back there, so he's not going to hit me. Well, let me tell you, there's always going to be a couple guys that are going to hit you. And I, I did, uh, Alan May and I, we did checking drills. And I'll never forget the first time, and this is 15 years ago. And you'd line them up against the boards, spread them out <clears throat> all the way around the ring. And they would be facing the boards. And then you'd come up behind them and you'd tell them to get down on their stick and get their sticks, you know, on the ice like you're protecting a puck. And then you just come up and you just kind of push them from behind and teach them how to get their hands up on the glass and almost use their hands as a shock absorber to absorb that hit and <clears throat> to keep your, you know, your, your head and things away from the boards. Well, you would not believe the number of kids in the process of taking their sticks off of their knees when they're down, you know, when they're coming from down on the ice where the puck would be up to putting their hands in the glass, they would take their bottom hand. If you think about the natural position of your hands, they would take their bottom hand off their stick and turn it around like they were going to do a push-up. They would take their hand off their stick. And in the process of that, they're falling into the boards and they just crumbled. Instead of just bringing it up, using keep your hands on your stick like you normally would, they would turn their, try to turn their hand around like you're not a good reference for you, but if you were going to do a bench press, not that you've ever done one, but you have, have your hands on the bar, you know, both your thumbs and your hands are, you know, they're pointing forward or up on a hockey stick. Your bottom hand is turned, you know, where your fingers are up on the top hand is where your fingers are down. They would take their hand off of there and try to do it like they're going to do a dumbbell press. The accusation that, that I've never lifted weights, how you slip that in as a Hall of Fame <clears throat> collegiate tennis player, by the way. Well, I, I'm just I'm just probably not using a good analogy for you. So if it, I, I, I don't even know how else to, to, to say it. But but my point is that's they they weren't they're not taught that. And our goal was to our goal wasn't it was a checking camp and it, it wasn't it was 80 percent how to receive one versus delivering one, how to protect yourself. But again, I go back to the stop signs. You love it. Because then you think that, but if you're going to play against me, I'm going to tell you at a certain point, I'm going I'm to pretend there's no stop sign there. But their mentality is you're not supposed to hit me. So that's why I never liked it. Okay, now, dis disclaimer. I like it up until a certain age. I'm not saying okay. do it in the NHL. I'm not saying do it in juniors. I'm saying like pre-juniors do it. Before juniors, before they go into a physical sport. Right now, they can't even check until they're like 16 or 15. Yeah. That's a that's ridiculous. From where we sit, it's ridiculous. Because look at the size differential in players. There can be really good players that are 15 years old and they may only be five foot three, but they're playing against other players at times that could be six one. And even if the kid doesn't want to hit you, he's just bigger than you. And if you don't know how to protect yourself, you know, it's it's going to happen. So I, I just, I disagree with it all, but I'm not going to win no battles there. So, but you, and it's a, it's such a fast game. The other thing that contributes to me is there, you can't interfere anymore. So when a puck gets chipped in or gets dumped in, I would be able to hold up that guy that put the puck in when, while my, uh, my partner's going back to get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, no, we can't, you can't do that. It's interference automatically. 
You just got to let them go. It's like, here you go. Go hit Miro. You know, go, go, go hit Thomas Harley. I can't do anything. So we kind of teach them how to turn and skate with them and skate ahead of them. But you can't be face-to-face because that's when they're going to call it. You're going to put your stick on them. You're going to put your arm on them. They're going to call it interference. So, again, it's about creating offense. You know, yeah, get it I, in, get the and And, you know, I think we talked about this, but I love the fire out of torts in Philly when it was a late whistle call on icing, but yet his player gets booted or doing a check, you know, when clearly it was the referee's fault for not blowing the play dead. I mean, you play through the whistle. That's what you have to do. Well, but again, see, that's the that's the new icing rule, too. Yeah. You know, so that's a judgment call for the linesman. And now the players are going, okay, well, I beat them to the hash mark, so there's going to be a whistle, so I let up. Wrong mentality. Yeah, let, let's face it. There, there's guys that, they're heat-seeking missiles out there. That's how they play their game. Not like they used to be. I agree with that. And maybe it's not the smartest thing. But, you know, you get in the middle of a game and, you know, temperatures are risen. It's a close game and it's an important game. And guys are, you know, being told, finish your checks, finish the play. Don't quit till you hear the whistle. You hear that all the time. Don't quit until you hear the whistle. Well, now they quit before they hear the whistle because they, you know, they perceive there's going to be an icing call or they perceive there's going to be this call. That's, you know, now, you know, over the weekend, we saw some hits from behind and things like that. But I just, I think you just can't take it for granted that people aren't going to finish their checks. I think it should just be the opposite. You go in protecting yourself all the time. You know, you play the game that way and you go in and protect yourself and they don't hit you. Great. All right. We talk about check it. This is a fired up Craig Ludwig. I like this. I like this, which leads to this audio bite from March 13th, 1998. And after I listened to this, I said, I need to ask Craig and I need to get the backstory of what happened. This bar, 410 remains in this one. And he gets drilled along the backboard. Who will step up? That was highly entertaining, and I wish they allowed you to fight. But um, take us through that, if you can remember, um, the elbow to Timu Solani. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> Both feet were up in the air. I slowed it down. <laughs> you know, and it was their best player. Yeah. So you'd be hard on best players. Um, and again, different time. And Hazy should shut up, the guy calling that. That's Brian Hayward. Brian Hayward was my teammate in Montreal so um and Hazy would have loved it and did love it when I was playing with him so <clears throat> listen it, it, it was a it was an illegal clearly an illegal hit 
And all I saw was their best player, uh, the head of the snake, so to speak. And, you know, and it happened. And, you know, there weren't many guys left on the bench when it was all over with. But um, <laughs> did you, you get know. fined for that? No, no, no. OK. No. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, different time now. But um, all well, right. if you did that now, that'd be <laughs> at least eight, nine games, yeah, at absolutely. least. And I will say, if you actually go through and you watch it as he's laying there, he's looking around. He's uh... on the ice. Oh, yeah. He's looking around. We've seen that before. It, I've had guys I played with on the teammates that would do that. Go, uh, are the trainers coming? Did, did they did they give him a penalty yet? You know, so. Have, but, have you <laughs> talked to Timo about any of that? Like, you know, do, 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 have, have you seen him in circles and talked about, you know, the playing days or? No. no okay. I, I, Timo Solani and I would not run in the same circles. <laughs> so, you know, we, we have different ways of life. <laughs> okay. Um, and I told you we were going to have fun today because this is, uh, I'm excited. It's a holiday edition of Spits and Suds. We're in the holidays. Um, Why are we living in the past? Because I enjoy the perspective. I, I really do enjoy your backstories. You don't want to hear it, but I think you're a really good storyteller. And I think our Spits and Suds listeners like to hear the stories, you know, from the cup year and the backstories and what you were thinking. I, I really do. I mean, that's I listen, I, I like this podcast because, you know, like speaking with Cross yesterday, I was asking if he missed Whataburger, asking about his Mount Rushmore in Texas. Like, I just feel as though if we go like hardcore hockey all the time, which we do talk a lot of hardcore hockey, um, you know, it is going to be what it is, but you have a terrific personality, so I like to bring it out. Well, it's, you know, it's fun. It, it's a different time. It's a different era. You know what I mean? And so I'm sure there's a lot of your listeners, you know, the seven that listen, they're probably going, let's not live in the past all the time. Sure. So, um, sure. You know, and, and especially when, you know, you've got uh, a team here um, that, is an exciting team to watch in the style that they play and, and there's high hopes for them. Right. I mean, I think we all, we all think that they're scratching the surface of hopefully being in the final four, at least um, if not the final two, but you know, there's still, there's still a lot of road ahead of them. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> there, they, and again, we're, you know, where are we in the twenties or 24, 25 games, whatever it may be. Um, you know, I don't think they're playing their most consistent yeah. hockey right now. Um, I know you don't like talking about what's the current things that are going on in the world. You want to seem to get in your time capsule. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> Well, I mean, I think I think these two games, while they should be four points, are going to be a tougher four points. I mean, Ottawa has to – you know, Ottawa is one of those teams, Craig, that can show up on Friday. And, I mean, we've seen the Stars actually struggle against Ottawa. And they have a lot of talent on that team, just haven't been able to put it together. And then Craig Berube gets fired last night after losing to Detroit slash the Grand Rapid Griffiths with all their call-ups and Dylan Larkin down. And St. Louis said, okay, um, we're going to make a change. Fingers crossed for Steve Ott. And so they're going to bring in a new coach. And we've seen changes in Edmonton, Craig, as well as Minnesota. 
where the coaching change has ignited a fire. Maybe it's temporary, but there is a fire under both those teams now. So hopefully that doesn't happen Saturday. Yeah, I mean, you know, Otter's not getting the job. Um, they've already named a new coach. So no, he, I was just hoping he keeps his job. He, he'll keep it. I, I, I think, you know, they're doing it in-house. Um, but it, but I'll tell you what the kiss of death is, is when your GM comes out and tells you that your job is safe. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah. <clears throat> Rube and, um, and, and everybody loves him. You know, and he's a hard-nosed player. He was a hard-nosed player. Uh, I think he's straight. He's a straight shooter. But I, I think Army – I think what Doug Armstrong sees in his team is I think they surprised him a little bit from, from where he thought they would be as a team. And, you know, they're, they don't want to want to call it a, a rebuild, but it's more of a retool. Um, I think he knew it was going to be a little, not, not the same cup year that they had, um, even though they kind of, they didn't have the best start when they won the cup and they turned it around, you know, and, but what happened was is the team started playing maybe better than he thought. And they're knocking on the door of a playoff spot that maybe he didn't think was going to be, you know, within reach at a certain point in the season. And it's about the voice, you know, I mean, I think Bruce has been there for five, six years. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe a lot of times that's what it is. And I mean, how many times have we seen it where coach comes in Minnesota, just a brutal team. And they fire Dino. Yeah. Next thing you know, <laughs> they rattle off five or six wins in a row. Yeah. You know, what What it normally is, is as a player, when a new coach comes in, you, for the, for the, the guys that are playing well, they have to continue to play well. But for the guys that maybe weren't getting the ice time that they think that they should have, you get a second chance and you get to show the new guy like, wait a second, why was this guy only playing six minutes a game? Like he does this and he does that. So you get a, you get a second chance. And so I think sometimes there's that, that change in coaches that, you know, you're scratching, you know, we're close. And even though there's a, there's a lot of, you know, track left to play in this year, but you know, let's see, because it, it pretty usually, I don't know what analytics will tell you, but typically when a new coach comes in, they get some kind of a bump. Uh, as far as wins and losses go and maybe army's thinking you know what Let, let's see what we can get out you know bring in a new voice a uh, new guy not necessarily new because he's been around there but some different direction in the room and uh, a different voice that uh, you know they hear players here and maybe we'll you know maybe we'll win six out of our next 10 maybe we win seven out of 10 next thing you know we're you know right there in, in a wild card spot so um Army's a Army's a smart hockey guy. Yeah, uh, been through it a lot. He's 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 surrounded himself with a lot of Hall of Famers and a lot of people that have been in this game for a long time. So um, he probably sees an opportunity and and believes his team can, you know, find a way to secure a playoff spot in the next 20, 30 games. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential, and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love. You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. 
With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A couple of interesting stars notes. One, I just continue to be so impressed with Jamie Benn in the face-off circle. And while his stats might not show up on Monday night, I think he had an assist. Um, you know, what he did, I think he was nearly 80% face-off draws on Monday, not to mention his net front presence. I think he just did a lot of small things. Um, interested to see how Wyatt Johnston can get out of his slump. Um, because started off on a tear and has just gone away. So interested to see if he can pick that back up this weekend. And I was thinking to myself as I was watching the game as Rupe Hintz returned, Craig, he might be the guy that you can't have out of your lineup. They're a different team. And granted, you know, he's one of their best players. But I was just thinking through, and it's got to be Hintz. You know, if you're if you're talking multiple games, it's got to be Hintz, Ottinger, and Heishkinen in no particular order. But I think Hintz might be at that top because the two games that he's missed, they're just they're missing something. He's a driver. When yeah. he's on the ice, he backs everybody off. He he backs opponents off with his speed, and, and he's got the hands and the tools to go along with it. There, there's no doubt he he is the centerpiece for me. I mean, there's a lot of talk about, you know, again, like you said, Wyatt and, and, and Robo, uh, what Pavelski does, um, you know, that, and the, the number two for me right now is Matt Duchesne. Yeah. He's special. He he's a driver and, and he drives that line. I mean, let, let's start with Jamie. You, you kind of summed up who Jamie is in a way. I mean, Jamie, Jamie's a monster in the face sauce and that's all strength. He, he finishes his checks. He goes to the front of the net, and I don't know how many times I've used Jamie as an example with our players. Like, you know, so many players will go to the front of the net, and as a defenseman or somebody else is taking the shot, and when I mean the front of the net, I don't mean the front of the net. I mean the goaltender. You take his eyes away. Jamie goes there. He stands straight up and down. He looks around behind him. He makes sure, like if he sees the goalie peeking over his right right shoulder, for instance, he'll take a step to his right because the goalie's trying to find the shot line and the sight lines. So Jamie, he he just does it the right way. There's too many players that go to the front of the net, and if somebody's getting ready to take a shot, they they do the the toro, you know, like the bullfighter, and they just step to the side. Well, that does nothing. You took the eyes away, and now all of a sudden you gave a sight back. So Jamie's willing to stand in there. A lot of that is trust, you know, knowing where your teammates are going to shoot the puck and we're you know not going to be above the goal, uh, the bar. Um, Physical guy stands up for his teammates, uh, you know, basically reads the temperature pretty well of a game. 
So, you know, and Wyatt, Wyatt's a good kid. And like I said, so many times he's learning so much from, from his stepdad and, and Joe Pavelski and, and he's going to get back on track. Like he, he's just too good not to. Um, so, but, but again, that line, uh, you know, it's for me the with Sagan, you know, and Duchesne and Marchman, um, you know, they're, they're, they're the, for me, that's their number one line right now. And when, when the other three guys are together and they have their rhythm, they're going, but you know, you look and I think those are the top three guys in scoring for the stars, right? That line, yep. Otter, Elsky, and Hintz. Hintz is a plus two. Robo and Pavs are minus players. They're probably minus four, minus five in that neighborhood. So, you know, they're like a plus three or whatever, or a minus three as a line. Go ahead and look at the Duchesne line. They're probably about a plus 11 or 12. I don't know exactly right now. But so what it what it kind of tells you is, is, you know, they're doing some work on the power play, the hence line. Um, but they will do it five on five like they did when you get a steady diet of Rupe. When he's in there, you know, they've moved Robo around a little bit. I'm sure that's trying to get him going a little bit at, you know, different spots. And, you know, so, but that other line is, I don't know why they don't start with them on the power play sometimes too. I mean, they just, they're just dangerous when they're on the ice. And, uh, and to me, that, that's what you need is you need a driver and that's what Rupe is. And, and that's what, that's what Matt Duchesne is. So, um, you know, they're that, I mean, they're winning hockey games. You can't, I mean, they're, what, what are, what are they? Seven fifty, seven fifty-five, somewhere winning percentage yeah. or something like that. So, um, uh, so, you know, and, and I don't think they're, they're close to running on all cylinders. So, right. uh, the question is always going to be for this team is, you know, what, what group of six do you have back there? You know, that that's, yeah. I'm talking about playoff hockey, you know, so I, yeah. I'm just super impressed with Thomas Harley. I've said that before. I, you know, I, I don't think anybody really knew that he was, you know, he can shoot a puck like he does. And, and, you know, but, but again, back to, back to Miro, Miro's got another lever or level. There's no question. I think offensively, but, yes. Yeah. I mean, defensively too, Craig, but I mean, I, I just think, and I, I hate to do this, but I mean, you know, and it's it shouldn't be compared, but I have them like compared to Hughes. I have them compared to McCarr, um, you know, players like that, even Dowdy in L.A. who's having a great bounce back year. I mean, those guys are so good offensively. Well, I told you this, like maybe it was last year. Miro from the top of the circles in in the offensive zone is not in the same category as some of the guys that you mentioned. Yeah. But that's okay. He does so many other things. And he's, and he's playing 28, 29 minutes a night, you know, so but which the other guys that you mentioned too do that also. But yeah, I, the whole left side, right side thing to me, I, I'm not sure. I mean, that that's a question you'd have to get an honest answer out of Miro. I mean, Hey, would you rather play the left side? You know, and, but what he would, I'm sure what Miro would say, Hey, I'll, I'll play wherever they want me to play. Yeah. You know, and I'd be interested what... also to see him with like, say, say Seattle's like, okay, you know, we're not in it this year and you could pick up an Adam Larson, let's just say a, a right shot defenseman, pair him with Miro. I'd be interested to see what happens. Yeah. I, th- I think a right-handed Thomas Harley is the perfect guy 
Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I. you know what? Sean and I have talked about that on this podcast as well. I, I just think that, you know, you, you have that guy that understands when you play with a top guy and, and, and especially a guy that can drive some offense from the back end, you have to be able to let them do what they do. And, and when there is a breakdown uh, defensively, when it's coming out of the offensive zone, going through the neutral zone, and it's a two-on-one, or it's a three-on-two with a forward back instead of that, you, you have to have a partner that knows how to play those. I, I'm i not really super crazy about how a lot of people in the NHL play two-on-ones now defensemen by by moving too early on the puck carry, and then they just open up a passing lane. And, yeah. You know, and and it's hard enough for the goaltenders to shot, you know, stop a shot, you know, when when they know where it's coming from and when it's coming, versus you get below the hash marks and all of a sudden they've got to, you know, they've got to go from post to post to make a save. So, Not to mention the stick getting in the way, so you can't see it as fast, or it might get a deflection off the stick. Yeah, but you know what? That's still part of the defenseman's job. And yeah. the, the you'll hear me scream all day, all game long, stick on puck, stick on puck for defensemen, even the forwards all the time. You have to use your stick. It gets there a second before you do. So the more that you can get your stick out there, especially on your outside, you get the stick on puck and it, and it affects the forward too. It will, it'll, it'll push them a little bit further towards the boards. It'll make them want to make a move that they really don't want. And then it pushes them to a little bit worse shooting area. uh, As long as you have that. And these guys are all so big and they have long reaches. uh, So the more that they can, Always get that stick on the puck and get it into a passing lane. It makes it more difficult for the forwards to get it where they want it to go. If you ever have a question for Craig or Spitz and Suds, just feel free. You can direct message me on Twitter or at GJ Spittle, and we'll get to it. Had a great conversation with uh, Kyle White. He's a Spitz and Suds listener. Wanted to give him a shout-out, but he asked something interesting. I said, I'm going to ask Craig this, and I'll give you my answer. Um, He says, Gavin, if there was one rule you could change, what would it be? Mine would be that offside wouldn't be challengeable. If it wasn't called in real time, then they were onside. And I countered with something that I don't think that will happen. And I said, within the final two minutes, if the team that is leading commits a penalty, the game is extended to complete that two or four minutes. Too many times I see clutching, grabbing, because it's better to take a penalty in the final seconds. You can now ice the puck without penalty, and you potentially saved a goal with that penalty. But if there's 30 seconds left and the team winning commits that penalty, the game is extended an extra 90 seconds. What did you think of Kyle's reviewable offsides? What do you think of my rule change? And is there something in hockey that you would like to see changed? Well... The only issue that they'd probably have with the extending the game is, you know, they're trying to cut, get the games yep. under, you know, two hours and 15 minutes. So th- that's, I can see where there's going to be pushback there. Um, you're going to get, and you have to remember with all the rule changes that, you know, it goes through the, the players, you know, and so the players also have to be able to say, we're cool with it. Um, the offsides thing, I, I mean, again, they're just trying to get it right. And, and there are times when you swear that a play was not offsides or it was offsides, and then <laughs> you find it's offsides. So um, I, I don't, I'm kind of ruled out. So I don't know if there needs to be any more rules. 
I, I just don't understand how the only thing I don't I don't get is how can how come they can't get some some kind of a a GPS thing in the puck and on the goal line. So all yes. these you know, the goalies are so big and there's so many like when it's across the line, it's across the line. They can. You know? Yeah. They can, they don't want to. The NFL can as well. And I'll tell you why, because I am gonna bring up tennis. These oh, guys boy. in no 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 no. This is a serious thing. These guys in tennis are shooting uh serving at 150 miles per hour. And they have a way that if it's challengeable and immediately the computer spits out to the centimeter where that ball landed, if it was in or out, touching the line barely. And I you love get it. so many challenges. I, I do too. It's amazing how quick it is too, Craig. Like they said, you know, I want to challenge that. I think that serve was out. And referee then makes the call. And like you can hear people in the crowd say, oh, they actually put it up on the screen. So the players can see and the crowd can see, and then they start cheering or they're like, oh, and it, to me, it's like how, I mean, Craig, tennis has had this t- technology for like 10 to 15 years. Yeah. And the fact that they can't put it in a puck or a football, it just doesn't make sense. That's a great one, actually. I know you said you well, didn't have one, but that's that a great I think one. Of is the, the three on three, I, you know, I enjoy the three on three. I know people think yep. it's getting old and stuff like that. And I, I can understand their point, but you know, I think it's exciting because it, it's the top players in the game, right? The, the fastest one, the most skilled that are there. But I just don't like, I, I think, I don't even know if you can have a shot clock. I have no idea. But it, but if there was, some, whether it's a shot clock or, or or once you're across the blue line, you can't bring the puck out of the zone, you know, because it, I, I don't like that part. It, it takes out of the back and forth. I think, I think what people love about the three on three, if they still love it, is the back and forth. You can have a, a chance at one end and somebody missing that, and then there's a race down to the other end. Then it goes back the other way. That's exciting. But when players come in and then they, they don't like what they see and they go back out and they, you know, they, they, they cycle and they circle and they come back in and then they do it again. And, you know, and it's an advantage at times because, you know, you switch, you change ends. So a lot of it is to do the wear, wear down the, the three guys stuck in their D zone because they, they, they can't change. So, but I wish there was some kind of time limit on it. When, once you get across the blue line, you know, you can't come back or, or the shot clock that, that, mm. that they could see behind the net or in the corners you have, I don't know what it is. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. What, and I'm going down the basketball road, which I don't know anything about. Basketball. No, but you're right. It, it definitely would put an urgency here because you're right. They, if they don't see what they like, they back out, they'll make a line change and, or they'll reset. Yeah. So it, it does you know, slow down three on three. Uh, well, they're trying and right. They're trying to get, they're talking about getting games over with and let's get on, you know, guys got to get on planes. They got to play tomorrow night, you know, by, by just slowing it down. A lot of times you, you go pretty close to the five minutes. Maybe this would, you know, end it in, in, in a minute or two, but, but anyway, yeah. um, otherwise, I'm kind of done with rules for now. And, and there's probably some really, really great ideas out there. Um, but I, I try to go, man, we got enough rules the way it is. And the game is getting faster. It's more difficult for the four officials on the ice to be able to keep up and see everything because of the speed, the size of the players. Um, so it, they, they've got a tough job the way it is. And, uh, you know, the more rules you throw in there, and I think there's times when the players don't even know what the hell's going on. Yeah. So your coach during practice, have you been hit by a puck? Say what? Have I been hit by a puck? Well, what I'm saying is, is like now as a coach, I'm not talking about as a player, but as a coach, 
you know, you're oh, yeah. you're on the ice, so you've been, you know, because one one of your former, you know, division rivals slash nemesis, I wanted to play this for you, Rob Ray, um, the other night, uh, who he's an analyst for the Buffalo Sabers, and he's um, in between the benches, and a puck went his way. Under six minutes to go, and Buffalo up four to two. On a Monday night game. Look out, Razor. That was right. Right in the nose. Did I catch you? Yep. That did. Razor's got a towel. Yep. Good to go. Nice. Normal guy would have been carried out of here. <laughs> yeah, there weren't any tears or anything. No. You're good. Bring back some memories, did it? Yeah, it felt good. Actually, it, really, it <laughs> felt really good. <laughs> it did. Kind of like, give me a stick. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, I just, I mean, you could see, I watched the video and it was a pretty good gash that they had to clean up quick. And uh, he had obviously to get stitches, but that's why I was asking. And uh, I mean, he was, uh, I, I was looking and you guys played in the Adams division at the same time. It was a tough guy. Yeah. He, he, let me tell you, he's accustomed to getting hit in, in the nose. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. maybe not with the puck so much, but. You know, in, in that era, uh, Razor was a, you know, he was one of the toughest. And so he knew what his job was. And so uh, he probably doesn't even have a lot of feeling in that nose anyways. Most of us don't. So, yeah, I've, I've been hit. I got drilled the other night in one of our games, too. And, you know, but but it he's right. It feels good. Like, it, I the, the legendary Al Arbor uh, Hall of Fame coach for Stanley Cups and all that from the New York Islanders, you know, he had a famous line all the time and he'd just say it only hurts for a little while, you know, and it's so true. And, um, but it, you know, it reminds you, it reminds me I'm still alive. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I jump in the drills with our guys here and, um, I don't, you know, we don't have any pads on or nothing like that, but I forget times, you know, I'll go out and I'll kill penalties against our power play. We're working our power play. And so I'll, I'll go out and kill penalties and, and I'll forget I don't have pads on and I'll jump in and the players, you know, they feel, oh. they feel terrible, but you know, I dude, that's not on you. That's on me. It's old habits. Don't worry about it. Oh, wow. So like naturally right. you'll try to block the shot. Yeah. Yeah. Or pass, you know, and you get in a passing lane when you could probably step out of the lane. <laughs> but again, th those are just, you know, habits and tendencies that you've been doing for so long and you're, yeah. And you kind of got to, you have to show the players. And, and I think sometimes they're like, you know, maybe he does know what he's talking about, you know, because I can go out there and I can, I can play a two on one with our guys and they're not getting it across. You know, they're not going to get it across to the, to the other guy. I mean, that that's your job. Your goaltender has to have the confidence in you. And that's why I use so many clips from, from not just Dallas stars games, but other games. And I, I bring them in and I say, this is why you play two-on-ones this way. Do you see what they did? Do you see when he left? He had a back checker coming back. He just had to buy another two seconds, and the back checker would have had the offside forward. That pass would have never happened. But he tries to force him above the top of the circle, blah, blah, blah. And, and they're like, oh, now we get it why he's telling us that. And so, but, again, but at the end of the day, you will get coaches that from, you know, junior teams that come to scout and things like that, and they're like, Hey, your guys know how to play this. You know, we don't see they they understand that. They understand, you know, we're playing this area of the ice and yeah, there's stay up sticks and things like that. So that's why that's why I do it, is so that the right people for these kids recognize it and go, 
we could use a player like that. So we're just trying to get them to the next level, and then they can figure it out from there. It was a tough game on Saturday, so kind of lost in the shuffle was the um, game afterwards that Craig Ludwig was in, and our Spits and Suds listener Rudy stuck around after the game, and he watched it, and he sent me a tweet and said, Luds actually looks good out there, and he's smiling. Looks like he's having fun. Well, yeah, because I would, well, except we lost, but but that game was rigged. So <laughs> why was it rigged? Well, these military guys, my God, God bless them and everything that they do. But, you know, the guy that was putting it together, he had all the best military guys on his team and he just happened to be the goalie for God's sake. So, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. And I was a little disappointed in Joe Newenbeck, Hall of Famer. I gave him three, four passes and he couldn't handle it. I, I don't get it. How a Hall of Famer can't handle Ludwig's pass. So, <laughs> well, were you, but then New- were you chirping at him in the suite the other night for it? Sweet. No, I was chirping at him during the game. Not in a suite. We didn't play the game yet. No, all uh, right, all right, all right. You no, you said you were with Newendike the other night. So I thought maybe yeah, the chirping. I mean, Newy played in the game. Newy played and Luke yeah. Witch played and Circle played. And so um yeah, he used to be faster. He but in Newy's defense <laughs> been out there in a while. Like when he played in the uh the Hall of Fame game, uh, you know, when they had the NHL uh, inductions and thing like that, they played a game. Uh, I think it was, I think it might have been on Monday, Sunday or Monday. And, uh, you know, they had a bunch of legends back. And uh, Al Shemsky was there. And, you know, Shelly, they, they had a bunch of guys that played in that game. I think Eddie, I don't know if Eddie went this year or not. But anyway, that was Nui's first time, I think, in a while. So got to give him a little bit of a pass. Was there anyone but, on the ice that you saw from the alumni that you're like, hmm, not bad? Our guys? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, we don't. This is that, to be honest with you, this was kind of the last thing that we found out about. Our true alumni game, not that this wasn't it, this was more of a militant. This was Jason Robertson charity, did yeah. a big toy drive, and like that. And Robo was all part of that. And so we kind of got a call like a week prior to this thing. And so Bobby Bass and our alumni director had sent out an email of anybody that could play. And so there were four of us that were able to do it. But but in January, it's either January or February. Uh, our it's not official yet, but I think we're going to be playing the Edmonton Oilers, same kind of format that we do every oh, year. Nice. So, um, I think the date is already there, uh, as a matter of fact. But there's a there's another afternoon game um, coming up in I I want to say I I'm not 100 percent on the date, so I better not give the date out. But there's an afternoon game coming up on a Saturday or Sunday, and we're going to play. Uh, as of now, it sounds like it would be the Edmonton Oilers, and so. Um, I don't think Gretz will be playing. Uh, I don't think Mess will be playing, but but we really never know who the other opponent's going to play. Last year, I think we played Detroit, as a matter of fact. So anyway, it's a good time, and uh, but that'll be our next one. And that's a different pace, you know, because a lot of these vets that we played against, I mean, you know, they're, they're, there's a couple different military uh, hockey teams, and this is the one where they're trying to get to where there's the Lone Star Warriors and the Warriors and Lone Star team and things like that. Um, that skate with us on Fridays and things. And a couple guys skate on uh, a couple other nights during the week with us. But um, so this was, this pace was not the same pace that <laughs> this was closer to stop than our normal games. Let's put it that way. <laughs> All right. You want one more piece of audio to finish things? Or are you done? Do I want one more piece of audio? <laughs> there, it's going viral right now. A hockey announcer gets a little bit excited and, uh, and uh, listen to this call. I thought, yeah, you know, I said, I said, I, Luds needs to hear this, um, so he can chirp a little bit. 
Um, this is this is pretty hilarious. Joey Bielikazzi turns back. Looks like they're doing a little reverse. You might see in football. And here comes Bazin. He's got some speed. Smith with the D. Oh, oh, what's he going to do? He's shooting the room, Daddy. Oh, look at that. Look at this. Look at that. <laughs> what do you think? Is that Kevin? it? That was it. That was his call. Was that his seventh grader or what was that? <laughs> I, know, I know. It does. It sounds like an Adam Sandler bit is what it does. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I, <laughs> only I think only you would think that's interesting. <laughs> I think it's funny. I think it's well, funny. See, he's, got, he's got the same kind of whiny voice as you do. Oh, I do not have a whiny. Possible. How do I have a whiny voice? Oh, man, dude. Whiny. I mean, whiny not, people what, have whiny voices. I mean, all the women tell I, me I have I a whiny voice. I don't even know what sport was that guy calling. I, you know, I know it was on video. You don't know, even know what sport he's calling? It's hockey. That was hockey? Yeah, absolutely. It was a forward who split the defenseman and scored. Okay, all the audio can't be great. I'm sorry, Craig. I apologize. Oh, <laughs> let your fans rate that audio. <laughs> okay, so. Yesterday, we had Cross Hannis on. On Friday, we had former assistant GM Frank Provenzano, who told some wonderful stories. So uh, go back and listen to those Spits and Suds one-timers, support the cause. And this has been really good, Craig. I know you might not think so, but I think it's been great. It's all right. It's a bar you set. <laughs> Come on. We're growing this thing together, my friends. <laughs> let's grow it. Let's, go. <laughs> let's grow. grow it. Let's do, something, let's do something you've never done is grow. Oh, come on, Craig. What do you mean? Uh, <laughs> by the way, did you get my text that you'd never return that our, our auction um, was paid for by Big E? By so, Big E. I did yeah. see that. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah, so. I'm glad you're excited. So, so the roast is on. Yeah, absolutely. The roast is absolutely on. And uh, I'm looking you, you forward to it. You should read. I don't even know what you call it, but it should be called the Gavin Spittle Roast. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so like, you know, like people literally think like, oh, this must be so much fun. I'm telling you, by the time those guys are out by the valet, I'm gone. I can already see the logo for it, too. Like <laughs> it, it would be a pigeon's body with just your head. <laughs> It'll be the spittle roast. <laughs> oh man, come on! No, not a pigeon. Come on, uh, you might as well get into it. I, I take the step. Em- you, embrace it. it. Embrace the fact that people make fun of me for three hours. We'll put you on it. We'll put you on. What's the show called? Spits and suds. You're going to be on a spit. You're going to be and you're going to be turning <laughs> over a small little fire. Yeah, and by the way, at that event, I cannot tell you the amount of people that came out and said, "Hey, is Craig there? Or you have you seen Craig? Where's Craig?" And I'm like, "Man, I'm not his keeper." Not to mention, if he was at this event, it would not be close to me. Well, listen, if 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 it's gonna be, if it's gonna be the Spitz roast, we should have an audience. <laughs> we should we should allow them to come in and witness it. So you want to do an event that I plan that people 
make fun of me. Yeah, it's like the Dean Martin roast. Remember those? I do remember those. Yeah, absolutely. That's well done, Craig. Yeah, I do remember those. Absolutely. Foster Brooks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know those are great. Those are great. You'd be Tim Conway and I'd be Foster Brooks. <laughs> hey, Tim Conway's a genius. I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a regular dwarf on golf, my friend. Dwarf on golf. That reminds me every time I see it, I think of you. <laughs> I know you don't. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, there's that little Spitz guy right there. There's oh, man. Oh. All right. See, that's much funnier than the audio I played. There we go. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for listening. Go Stars. Big games this weekend. For Craig Ludwig, I'm Gavin Spittle. Have a great day, everyone.